You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a Bible Doctrine series by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right, take your Bible and turn to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Well, the... Cherubims and the seraphims have been waiting for some time for us to teach about them and their ministry. Mike Corser, who's always good with numbers, said it was August 16th. It was the last time we were in our doctrinal series. And we've just had interruption after interruption, so we're back at it as we continue to study the major doctrines of the Bible, and now we're studying what the Bible teaches about angels and their ministry. I think you have a very interesting study here tonight, as we're going to look at the ministry of the cherubims and the seraphims here this evening. So this is all about what the Bible has to say. This is not about what the world has to say about angels, because just about everything out there that the world tells you about angels is false. So we want to get right into the scriptures and see what the Bible says here about angels. So let's pray. Dale, pray for us. I think we have 74 slides tonight, so hang on there. Here we go. All right, let's look at our passage of Scripture that we're going to be using here. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 through verse 14. You can follow along in your Bible or right up here on the wall. And I beheld and I heard the voice of how many angels? How many angels are there? An innumerable number of angels, the Bible says. The voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast. Who are the beast? Well, you're going to find out tonight. I thought you'd know that right away from our study of the book of the Revelation. You'll find out who those beasts are tonight. And the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? The Lord Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor, glory, and blessing in every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. So now it's time to do our review over where we've been so far in our study of the angels. The last thing we considered was the ministry of angels. And tonight we're going to look at the ministry of the cherubims and the seraphims here this evening. Now you may remember that the Bible speaks of several different types of angels. The first is what? 
the archangels. And we've studied the archangels, and there's two of them identified in the scripture, and obviously you can read their names, Michael and Michael and Gabriel. We'll talk a little bit more about them tonight, and then move on to the cherubims and the seraphims. Then we have the cherubims that are mentioned there in Ezekiel chapter 1. Then we have the seraphims, which we just read about. Those four beasts are seraphim angels, uh, and they're also mentioned in Isaiah chapter 6. A little bit difference between them. Next week, we're going to look at the ruling angels. This is a fascinating study as we looked at what the Bible says about the different ranks of ruling angels in the scriptures. Then we're going to take a week and we're going to look at guardian angels. All right, what are guardian angels and what are they guarding? Then we're going to take some time and we're going to look at the angel of the Lord. Now, several times when the angel of the Lord is mentioned in the Old Testament, it's a direct reference to Jesus Christ. Other times it is not. And so we're going to be studying the angel of the Lord. So back on August 16th, we looked at the ministry of the archangels, Michael and Gabriel. Now, as you're looking at the picture of the statues of these, what do we see is different between Michael and Gabriel? One's got a sword and the other has a, other has a trumpet. Okay, Because Michael was a warring angel. And Gabriel was always an angel that was bringing a message to someone. They had two different ministries, although they were both archangels. Michael was the warrior of God. There in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through verse 9, it says, And there was a war where? In heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, Satan, and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was there found any uh, more in uh, any place found and more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with them. So Michael was a warring angel. We looked at several different other references uh, that pertain to Michael and his warfare. Then we looked at Gabriel, who was a messenger. God had a message to carry to someone. He would send it through the archangel Gabriel. And this is just one instance, and this is when Gabriel came to Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God under the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So he was the messenger angel. Now that brings us up to tonight. So we didn't have a lot of review here this evening, but kind of catch us up to tonight. Now tonight we're going to look at the seraphims and the cherubims. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 6. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto a crystal. In the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four what? Four beasts. These angels are described as beasts. They are seraphim angels, and we'll see why they are described as beasts here in just a moment. Now, it says something else about them. They were full of eyes before and behind. That's the seraphims. Now we come to the cherubims, mentioned there in Ezekiel chapter 10. Every one of them, this would be the cherubim angels, had four faces, and every one had four wings. 
And as they went, I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of the great waters as the voice of the Almighty. So we have seraphims and we have cherubims. They're similar, but they are different in appearance as well as their ministry. So we're going to go and we're going to look at the seraphims to begin with there in Revelation chapter 4. So you may want to turn there. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 through verse 11. I'm going to pull out some selected verses here, and here they are. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were these four beasts full of eyes in front of them and what? Behind them. So they had eyes all around them. They could absolutely see in every single direction. And the Bible said they are there before the throne of God. It also identifies them as four living creatures. The cherubims are also identified as four living creatures. And this is why sometimes there's some confusion. Some think that they're the same, but you're going to see tonight they are not the same. A little bit different in appearance, a little bit different in their ministry that they have. But one has the face of a lion, one has the face of a man, one has the face of an eagle, and the other has a face of a calf. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second like a calf, and the third beast had the face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them how many wings? This is significant too. Seraphims have how many? They have six wings. How many faces? No. Each of them have one face. So each of them have one face, different kinds of faces as mentioned here, but they have six wings. And they are full of eyes in front of them, behind them, all around them, and rested not. They never have to sleep. Wouldn't you like that? They rested not day or night, saying, say it with me, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So who are they singing to? They're singing to the Lord Jesus. Very obvious here. He was, he is, and he is going to return one day. So the first beast was like a lion. I love the artist's portrayal here. I think they've done an excellent job. If you look closely, you can see the eyes before and obviously behind. The second was uh, like a beast, was like a calf. The third beast had the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. So let's talk about this. A lion, the calf, the face of a man, and a flying eagle. Now what is the significance of all of this in these four living creatures or these seraphims? Well, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through verse 3 gives us a little bit of insight if you want to turn there. It said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord upon the throne, high and lifted up. And his train, his glory, filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had how many wings? Six wings. So we go back to Revelation chapter 4, and we can identify them. Each of them had six wings. With twain, they covered their face. With twain, they covered their feet. With twain, uh, they did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. 
The whole earth is full of his glory. So it's pretty obvious to me that these are the same living creatures, right? Right? Okay. Identified as the seraphims. So as Isaiah is seeing the Lord Jesus on his throne, he is seeing these seraphims surrounding Christ's throne in heaven. Eyes. If you look at the scriptures, eyes represent wisdom. These seraphim angels are very wise. Eyes before and eyes behind. Able to see in every direction. That's really what wisdom is, is able to see life from God's perspective. Then wings represent swiftness in movement. You may remember as we've been studying the angels, we saw how swift the angels are in their movement, in their speed. A lion represents what? Strength, king of the beast. Calf represents service. Lion would be the wild animal kingdom. The calf would be the domesticated kingdom. The face of a man represents, hopefully, intelligence. Okay? Like, don't go straight or you'll end up in the lake. I mean... Who else could come up with that but a man? (laughs) And then an eagle represents power and represents authority. Of course, that's our national symbol, right? The eagle. So wisdom, swift in movement, strength, service, intelligence, power, and authority. We see all that here in the seraphims. And we'll get more into that next week when we talk about the ruling angels. I came across this, and this is just an idea. Okay, I can't give you a scripture for this, but I thought it was very good, so I want to read it to you. It has been suggested that the faces of both the cherubims and the seraphims are to remind the redeemed throughout all of eternity of the earthly ministry performed by our blessed Lord. These faces correspond directly to the fourfold gospel presentation of Christ. So think about that. In Matthew, we see him as what? The Messiah. Okay? As the Messiah King. Well, that corresponds with the what? With the lion. In Mark, we see him as the servant. That corresponds with the with the ox. In uh, Luke, we see him as the son of man. And, of course, that would correspond with the face of a man. And then in John, we see Christ as the Son of God, power and authority. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Again, there's no scripture that says this is why they appear that way, but I can see the connection that was made here. I also like this picture. I just think it's just a beautiful picture. And I want to ask you a question. What do those seven lamps of fire represent. Does anybody remember? No. The seven lamps of fire burning before the the throne represent the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The churches were likened unto a candlestick. So very similar there. You were on the right track. Let's talk about these four beasts being seraphims. And the four beasts, each of them had six wings about them, and they were full of eyes within and 
rested not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So let's look at the ministry of the seraphims. Without ceasing, they sing day and what? They sing day and night. They're singers. They sing day and night, holy, 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 because he is. He is. Each of these living creatures also announce some of the great judgments of the tribulation. So as you get further into the book of Revelation, you see these four beasts appearing and announcing judgments that are coming upon the earth. I want to tell you something. I'm glad I'm not going to be here during the tribulation period. So let's look at the first announcement given by the first beast. The Bible says, this is in chapter 6 and verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. Now remember how the Lord Jesus goes to the Father and receives this book sealed up with how many seals? Seven seals. That book is the title deed of the earth. He's the only one that was found worthy to open the seals and to look therein. So as Jesus opens a seal, with with each seal, a new judgment comes upon the earth as the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, a voice of thunder, and one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. Now, it doesn't tell us which one of the seraphim said this. It just said one of them said, Come and see and watch as the Lord Jesus opens that first seal. So as the Lord Jesus opens the first seal, the tribulation period begins. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. As each one of the seals are opened, the first four seals is what we call the horsemen of the apocalypse. So the first seal opens and a horseman rides. The second seal opens and a horseman rides. The third seal opens and a horseman rides. The first four judgments of the tribulation period are these horsemen that ride on these various horses. First one announced by the first beast. And I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him had a bow and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Who is on this white horse? The Antichrist. Very good. It's not Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ returns, he will return with the sword that proceedeth out of his mouth. He will not have a bow in his hand. So this is the Antichrist going forth to conquer the world. The first seal. Of course, we know he imitates the Lord Jesus. Now the second seal opens, announced by the second beast. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him to set thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. So now we have world war taking place on the earth. Now the third seal is open. Let's see what the third beast says. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. 
And behold, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat upon him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So now we have world famine that takes place. Now we have the fourth seal. Let's see what the fourth seraphim or beast said. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked and beheld a pale horse, and his name that sat upon it was Death. And hell followed after him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Think about that. Animals even turn on men during this time. So here we have the first four judgments of the tribulation period, each one of them being announced by one of these seraphim angels. It's part of their ministry. Remember this, <clears throat> that in the book of the Revelation, there are the seal judgments. How many are there? Seven seal judgments. There are the trumpet judgments. How many are there? Seven. There are the thunder judgments. How many are there? Seven. And then there's the bowl judgments or the vile judgments. How many of them are there? Seven. So 28 different judgments in all that come from the hand of an almighty God. First four being announced by the seraphims. <clears throat> we don't even get out of chapter six. I mean, this is the beginning of the tribulation. And we already have a quarter of the world's population has been killed. When we come to the last set of seven judgments, these are called the vile judgments. Vile means bowls. These are the bowl judgments. And these are also measured out by one of the seraphims. And one of the four beasts gave it to the seven angels, seven golden vials or bowls, what were they full of? The wrath of God. Aren't you thankful we're not under the wrath of God? The wrath of God who liveth forever and forever. You know, the Bible says we have been saved from the wrath which is to come. I'll never understand why some people teach that the church is going to go through the tribulation period. Tribulation period has nothing to do with the church. Anyway, I can't get into that. Here are some of the judgments of the bowl, as the bowls as they are being poured out. Grievous sores upon those who have the mark of the beast and worship his image. The sea turns to the blood of dead men. Every living thing in the sea dies. Now the sea has turned to blood before, but not all of it. Okay, just a portion died. Here now all the seas have turned to blood. Rivers and fountains. That happened before too, but now all rivers and fountains turn to blood. Men are scorched with fire, comes down from heaven. Darkness then covers the entire earth. Darkness has happened before too, but only a third of the earth. Now the whole earth goes dark. Men are afflicted uh, with great pain. There are powerful storms, earthquakes. Major cities around the world are absolutely destroyed and they are leveled. Every island disappears. 
you imagine this? I'll never forget when I was in the Philippines and we were teaching through each one of these and I showed a picture of every single island disappearing. You could just hear a holy hush come over the congregation. There will be no more Philippine islands. Every mountain, you imagine that? Every mountain is removed. Great hail weighing a talent. A talent is 100 pounds. Can you imagine hailstones 100 pounds? Where are you going to run and hide from something like that? Men blaspheme God. You know why? Because they've taken the mark. And once you take the mark of the beast, there is no hope of ever being saved again. And so they blaspheme the God of heaven. And then the final judgment here is the beginning of the battle of Armageddon. So as the battle of Armageddon begins, the Bible says in chapter 14 and verse 20, And the winepress was trodden without the city, and the blood came out of the winepress. Well, we're talking about the battle of Armageddon. We're talking about the kings of the earth setting themselves together against the Lord and against his anointed. We will not have this man to rule over us. Okay? So all the armies of the world have converged to fight against the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it even under the horse's bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs, or that comes up to one hundred and eighty-four miles? The blood rises to the height of the horse's bridle. It's the wine press of the wrath of Almighty God. <clears throat> now, if you look at a map of Israel, Palestine, I want you to watch this. I checked this all out, measured this all out. This is accurate. That is exactly 184 miles. It's amazing. That's how deep the blood will be for that far. Again, these are being announced, these judgments are being announced by the seraphims. And the remnant, those that were left, okay, that's what a remnant is, right? The little that were left. The remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, with the sword that proceedeth out of his mouth, and all fowls filled with their flesh. And now Jesus takes over this world and he rules and reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's uh, now go and look at Isaiah's vision. That was John's vision of the seraphims and their ministry. Now let's look at Isaiah's vision. You know, one of the best ways to interpret Scripture is to compare Scripture with Scripture. Not compare commentary with commentary, but compare Scripture with Scripture. All right, are you ready? Here we go. We've got a long reading here. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims. Each had six wings, and twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, with twain they did fly. And one cried one to another, back and forth, as they flew around the throne, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post, look at this, and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. So as these angels sing, literally the temple of heaven shakes with the sound of their voice. That's what you call singing out, by the way. 
Then said I, woe is me. Oh, excuse me. And the post of the door moved and the voice of him cried. And the house was filled with smoke. What is that smoke? The glory of God. The Shekinah glory of God. The same that filled the temple. Was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. There's an altar in heaven. And he laid it upon my mouth, ouch, and said, Though thus hath, this hath touched thy lips, thine iniquity is taken away, thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? By the way, us, the Trinity. Then said I, Here am I, send me. The Hebrew word for seraphim means burning ones. Burning ones. Now, I have an idea of why they're called burning ones through the description of them. But you know what? I can't wait to get to heaven to find out exactly why they're given this name, burning ones. But they had six wings. Two they used to cover their face, perhaps because of the holiness of God. Two they covered their feet. Remember the place that thou standest is what? Holy ground. And with uh, two of them they would fly. Uh, Remember, my dad said one little boy came to him one time and said, how could they see where they were going if they had their wings over their faces? Sometimes questions are asked that you don't have an answer to. You just say, because. <laughs> then they proclaim with a great chorus the majesty of God, crying out day and night, holy, holy, holy. The awesome sound of this mighty praise literally shakes the pillars. It shakes the very foundation of the heavenly temple. It's, there's an altar and there is a temple in heaven and it shakes. Uh, sometimes I feel that way. I mean, when the church house is full on a Sunday morning and we're just bellering it out, can't you just kind of feel it? When Isaiah the prophet, when he saw all of this, he was immediately convicted of his what? Not only his sin, but the sin of his people. You know what? We all had a little bit of experience of that on Sunday morning when we talked about why the Lord hates sin so much. We started to get a realization of how holy of a God he was. The Bible said, <coughs> or excuse me, the Bible says, though this hath touched my lips, this is that the angel takes a coal from off of the altar and cleanses Isaiah from his sin. Um, and he says, it's touched my lip, thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. Aren't you thankful we can be forgiven of our sin? Let's go to Ezekiel now. And as we come to Ezekiel, we're going to study the cherubims. Those were the seraphims. Now we're going to look at the cherubims. I want you to look at this picture for just a moment. We see some things that are a little bit different here about the cherubims. What do we see? 
What's that? We see four wings and not six. Okay? What else do we see is a little bit different? We see four faces. Each of them have four faces. Something else in this picture. What do we see right here? We see wheels. Okay? So let's talk about these cherubims. It says, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof as the color of amber, and out of the midst of the fire. And every one had four faces, and every one had four wings, and their feet were straight feet, and the soles of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot. Different there, too. And they sparkled like the color of brownish brass. That's different. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, the face of a lion on the right side, and four had the face of an ox on the left side, and four of them had the face of an eagle. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire. And the fire was bright. And out of the fire went forth, what? Lightning. So these, these cherubims flash. Everyone had four faces and everyone had four wings. And they went, I heard the noise of their wings. Doesn't say that about the seraphims, but does hear about the cherubims. I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of great waters as the voice of the Almighty. Again, very loud. The appearance of the wheels and their works was like the color of burl. And their appearance was the work as... Uh, was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. So we have a wheel, and then we have another wheel in the middle of that wheel. And you can see that right there. It's a little bit better description of it. Their rings, or these wheels, were high, and they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes around them and when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them, and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. So wherever these cherubims went, what went with them? These wheels, these spinning wheels that were full of eyes. Now the seraphims themselves were full of eyes. But here we see the wheels are full of eyes. They're just it's just spinning out glory, flashing. You imagine what this is going to look like? Best firework display you've ever seen. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. So a wheel, and then a wheel inside a wheel. And this is a kind of an idea of what the cherubims looked like. They each had four faces instead of each of them having one face. And I saw a throne as the appearance of the sapphire stone and upon 
the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man upon it. Of course, we know that was Jesus. And I saw the appearance of fire round about. Round about. Appearance of fire round about. What did the seraphims, what did their names mean? Burning fire. Interesting, right? Because they fly around the throne. I saw the appearance of fire round about. From the appearance of their loins even upward, from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord, and when I saw it, I fell upon my face. I think we would too. Don't you think so? The four living creatures identified as cherubims. And the cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the river Chebar. And when the cherubims went, the wheels went by them. And when the cherubims lifted up their wings to mount up from the earth, the same wheels also turned, not from beside them. When they stood, these stood. And when they were lifted up, these lifted up themselves also. For the spirit of the living creatures was in them. Hmm. Then the glory of the Lord departed from off of the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubims. And the cherubims lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. And when they went up, the wheels also went up beside them. And every one stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house and the glory of the Lord. Listen to that. The glory of the Lord of Israel was over them above. This is the living creatures that I saw under the God of Israel by the river Chebar. And I knew that they were the cherubims. Everyone had four faces apiece and everyone had four wings. And the likeness of the hands of a man was under their wings. And the likeness of their faces was the same faces which I saw by the river Chebar. Their appearance and themselves, they went every one straight forward. Now, let's stop and try to put all this together as we bring this to a conclusion. Let's look at their description. They had four faces. Face in front was the face of a man. Face on the right side was the face of a lion. The face on the left was the face of an ox. The face in the back was the face of an eagle. They each had two pair of wings. One pair spread out from the middle of the back, and the other pair was used to cover the body. These wings made a noise like the waves crashing up against the seashore. Very loud. They have legs of a man, but their feet were cloven like the calves' feet, which shone like brownish brass. They have four human hands, each one located under each one of their four wings. They traveled in groups of four. The outstretched wings of one cherubim touches the other cherubim's wings. So they travel together. When they move, they move as a group without turning their body. It's fascinating. Some of the ministries that the Bible speaks of as the cherubims is uh, they were set 
to keep Adam and Eve out of the, away from the tree of life after the fall, lest they would eat the fruit of the tree of life and live forever in their sinful condition. Remember the flaming swords, keeping them away. There was two golden cherubims that were constructed at God's command and were placed at either end of the Ark of the Covenant in the Most Holy of Holies. Prior to Satan's fall, he was known as Lucifer. He was also called the chief cherub. When Satan had to stand before God in heaven, this is what God said. Thou hast been in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardust, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, and the sapphire, and the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold. The workmanships of thy talibrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. So obviously he was a musical creature as well. Very beautiful musical creature. Had these four faces, four wings. He was a cherubim. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Can I tell you something? There's all kinds of ideas of what that means. The same word is used of the cherubims that covered the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant. So exactly what Satan was covering or protecting, some suggest it was the holiness of God himself. But whatever he was protecting, he was number one cherub angel. I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mount of God. Thou walked up and down in the midst of the stones of the fire. Thou was perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou was created until iniquity was found in thee. Thou hast sinned. Therefore will I cast thee as profane out of the mount of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of the fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty, and thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thy iniquities. By the way, he is still defiling God's sanctuaries today. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. I will bring thee into ashes upon the earth. This is, a, this is something that God did, but it's also a prophecy of what he's going to do in the future to Satan. Because one day he's going to end up in the lake of fire. He said, I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror and never shalt thou be anymore. And to that I say what? Amen. That I say amen. So out of heaven he goes. And eventually into the lake of fire he will be. But he was a cherubim chief cherubim. So when you stop and you boil it all down, what was the ministry of the seraphims and the cherubims, even though they were somewhat different? It all boils down to the glory of God. That's what they were doing. They were bringing glory to God.
Now, stop and think about it. What are we to be doing in our lives? The very same thing. The Bible says, whether we therefore eat, really? Therefore eat, or what? Drink, or whatsoever ye do. Do it all to the glory of God. And so I think the cherubims and the seraphims are pretty good examples to us of how we should live our life out in obedience to the Lord. All right, are there any questions that you have about the cherubims and the seraphims? The Bible calls him an angel of light. He has transformed himself into an angel of light. So no, I don't believe that he any longer looks like this. He has had a transformation. Okay, it's a great deceiver. Somebody else? So he said cherubims, the cherubims, he was made musically. They didn't It doesn't say that they sing. They're not, the seraphims are the singers. They're the ones that sing holy, holy, holy. The only thing I could think, maybe he was the song leader. Not necessarily the singer, but the song leader because he was the one in charge of bringing praise and honor and glory and worship to the Lord. And then he turned that and wanted it all for himself. But he was a musical creature. Ben? You've told me that before. I will try to remember to do that. Someone else? You have heard in sermons before that he was one of the archangels. Well, whoever preached that was wrong. Okay? He was not one of the archangels. There was only two. Okay? Michael and Gabriel. He was the anointed. We see it right here. He was the anointed cherub. He was a cherubim. He wasn't an archangel. No. It just described those four. Bible doesn't say how many there is. Remember, they were, they were broken off in groups of four. There's four types, all broken off into groups of four, and they all move together. Did you catch that in that passage? Their wings touch each other, and they move together. When they go up, their rings go with them. When they go down, their rings go with them. When they go to the side, their rings go with them. But they always move in harmony with each other. No, the cherubims do not all look alike. Okay? Oh, yes, they do. That's correct. That's correct. And they have four wings. The wings do get confusing. Okay? They have four and four faces. The seraphims each have one face but six wings. And they also have feet that are cloven like a calf's foot and they shine like varnished brass. Someone else? No. No, there's four. They're, they're broken off into groups of four. Okay? It doesn't tell us how many groups of four they're broken off into. It just says they travel in groups of four. And they stay connected to each other. Maybe they're holding hands. Okay? Because they got hands under their wings. 
So they stay together and they move. And wherever they move, the rings move with them. And glory is spinning everywhere. <laughs> Lightning, flashing, okay? Doesn't say. There's four different types. She, she asked a question, how many seraphims are there? All we know is there's four different types of seraphims, okay? Each of them having the different faces. I think there's a lot of them, by the way. Okay, well, I please talk about the faces, okay? So on the cherubims, the cherubims all have four faces. The face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of a calf, face of an eagle. On the seraphims, they each have one face. Same faces, but each of them have one face, okay? So one has the face of a man, one has the face of an eagle, one has the face of a calf, and so on. That's on the cherubims, not the seraphims. Okay. Oh, now you're really going to test me, right? <laughs> Go back to this one. Look in the Bible. All right. Can anyone remember how they were? The lion's on the right, the what? The ox is on the left, the eagle's in the back, and the man's face is on the front from an authority here on angels. Okay? Well, the question is, will we interact with the angels? Absolutely. Okay? We've talked about that in past messages, how we will have interaction... We're going to talk with the angels. The angels are going to talk with us. We're going to be, when it says the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, that is us and the angels all together singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. What's that? Oh, well, don't say we're going to fly. But that would be cool. All right, anyone else? All right. Interesting study, isn't it? Well, let's get back down to the application. What's the application of all of it? Bring glory to God. That's why they were created, and that's the exact reason why we were created uh, in His image. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.